Hey, today's a really exciting conversation about sobriety. So if there's things in your life that are affecting you and you know it, but you haven't quite been able to handle it yet, or even navigate this conversation, you want to tune in today because we're going to talk about addictions, how they affect you and very practical battle-tested ways of handling these areas in your life. Welcome to the Winner Folsom podcast, your source for battle-tested leadership and resiliency. And we have another important conversation for our community today, don't we, Philip? Yes. And this is one that is absolutely foundational to the resiliency conversation, whether you're transitioning, reintegrating, going through a rough spot, recalibrate, like whatever the journey is, this is an important one. And this one quite literally might have saved my life. This is a conversation about sobriety. And I understand that either you're all in probably on sobriety, or this is one of those things that's been circling around your ecosystem. And you know, at some point that asteroid's going to hit, or you don't want to touch it at all. So there's a, I want to reframe kind of the conversation of sobriety that it's, this is not just about booze, right? Or you know, whatever your drug of choice might be. Sobriety is about getting clarity and walling off the distractions of our life. It's putting a tourniquet on that arterial bleed of our energy and our vitality and our focus so that we can achieve the health and the growth and the service and the life that we deserve. But if we're bleeding all over everything, all of that vitality is going out the window. And so sobriety, whether that's porn, social media, booze, whatever it is, clutch conversation. So this is an important one, folks. And another way said, all of us go through pain. All of us go through trauma. All of us go through hardships in life. And a lot of times that pain can be messy to navigate. A lot of times if we don't have allies or a community, we don't know what we're doing because it's the unknown, which we talk about when we get into the hero's journey and certain master maps we use to navigate the unknown, but a lot of us don't have those. So we're navigating through life in this unknown world where it gets really messy and we can't see. And a lot of times we're looking to get out of pain. And so an easy way to get out of pain is these quick distractions that in the moment, I'm just going to go over here and this feels better than the pain that I'm sitting in at the moment. And then that easy way to relieve the pain actually helps us regulate our nervous system. It helps yeah. us get a brief moment of spaciousness or a bliss away from the pain. But if we're not careful, the thing that we're using to stop the bleeding now becomes the central force in our life that actually can stop us from actually, as Philip mentioned earlier, things that matter most important, hunting the big game, deep purpose work, actually revitalizing your relationship, being present with your children or your family or your loved ones, actually building your financial future, sculpting your body and taking care of your body, like the things that really matter that put us into a place of self-mastery to actualize what we're here for gets blocked by these distractions. So today's going to be a really important conversation if you're looking for a deeper level of self-mastery, a deeper level of leveling up and becoming better in your life, pay close attention. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take some notes on some of these ones. So there was a classic study on primate behavior. I think this was out of UCLA probably 20, 30 years ago. And basically it was a monkey in a cage divided and they could electrify the floor and the monkey would obviously jump because it's painful to get shocked. So the faster that they shock the monkey, the faster it jumps, right? And then what happens if you shock both sides? And this is the life or the high trauma, high stress life that you may be living if you're watching this. 
Like if you're tuned into this podcast, which is about resiliency, you may be waking up in that monkey cage where you're getting shocked all the time. And so the first thing that happens is this monkey starts jumping really fucking fast, which is exactly what you just shared is, listen, in that moment that I'm in the air, I'm not getting shocked, right? So give me the booze, give me the porn, give me the whatever it takes. I know I'm not getting any freedom. Like I know I'm landing in the exact same spot, but at least I'm not hurting in that moment. So we can see these skyrocketing numbers of addiction, clinical addiction in our society, particularly in the folks who are watching this, right? We're looking at high stress individuals, police, fire, all the first responders, entrepreneurs, teachers in inner city schools. The addiction rates are just skyrocketing because you're getting shocked all the time. So it's a coping mechanism. And obviously at some point, that jumping is the thing that's going to kill you. You can't jump forever. You cannot escape your pain by jumping forever. But at some point, you're going to pay that cost. And what adds to that is a lot of the times, if it's not in our highest good, and we know it at some level, we start to enter the shame spiral. And so what happens is, instead of leaning into the things that matter most, we end up numbing or trying to stop the bleeding from that pain or being caught in the air. And then we start to feel some shame. And then that shame can actually pull us deeper into that because it feels more like the pain of landing. So we want to be even more in that free form state. And this is what continues that process ongoing and ongoing. So unfortunately, if we're not aware of this and we don't start to navigate into this messy, dark cave to handle our shit, life, like a year, five years, a decade, two decades, like life can disappear and time is our most valuable resource. So the point of this conversation is how do you navigate into this dark cave to solve these areas so that you can actually get your life back? Because these little distractions, which may seem simple at first or like casual things, or maybe it's your lifestyle. Maybe you grew up in a, like Philip and I grew up in environments where drinking was normal and the culture was normal. Like there may be certain environments where what you think you're doing is normal, but if you're not highly aware and paying close attention, the things that you think may be normal may actually be disassociating you from life putting you even further off from your actual goals. And then you're experiencing shame and going deeper down that, that shame spiral, which creates more pain, which creates more debris, which creates more bleeding. So this conversation is really central around. So anybody that's listening, take a moment. What could that look like for you? Maybe it is alcohol or it is porn. Some of the things that plagues a lot of people, but maybe it's something a little bit less that you don't notice. Maybe it's food. Maybe you are eating, you don't feel as connected to your body, or you don't feel powerful or confident when you look in the mirror, or sexy when you're with your spouse or your partner, but maybe you eat all the time and you eat the same shit, sugar foods or carbs or unhealthy foods, or maybe it's something different like spending. Maybe you have some strong financial goals, but all of a sudden you're buying the new shiny toy all the time and it constantly ending up a sea of debt. Like what are the little things in your life that you may not be noticing that are actually these distractions? Could it be social media where you sit down for five minutes and that takes an hour or two hours of your day, numbing the effortless ending scroll feed? Like what does that look like for you? So if you're listening, take a moment and just reflect for a moment. What could that look like for you? What is taking you away from the things that matter most and distracting you that isn't serving you, just maybe temporarily taking you out of pain. So everybody can at least go like, oh, I got the thing. Cause you know, just sit down for a minute. Even if you're getting better at it, there's still things that take us out of the way. Yeah. The people on their phones in traffic. I mean, imagine crashing your car or hurting somebody else because of that addiction. I'm working on not taking my phone into the bathroom when I take a shit. That's kind of one of the 
because I realized that this is a dopamine hit for me. Like I don't have to deal with the things that I'm supposed to be dealing with. I don't have to deal with myself. All I got to do is fire up the Instagram or the Facebook. And it's all of a sudden now, oh, now I'm no longer dealing with my reality, which is uncomfortable. I get to just jump through the air and I know I feel worse after. And I also know that all that time was not free. That time was when could have been writing my book, could have been reaching out to my friends. I could have been doing some push-ups. Like it's not free. None of these things are free. Yeah. And as you're relating to that, a couple of mine have been porn was really strong, which I just thought was normal until a couple of years ago when I tried to do a 30 day no porn and couldn't do it was like, oh, this is actually there's something going on. So for me, porn used to be food, not necessarily alcohol. I would drink here and there, but that wasn't a big one. It was more porn, food and spending. Spending was another big one for me where I would overspend and get excited and I would lose track of my financial goals because I'd want to get out of the pain of whatever I was doing and validate how hard I was working. And I'd want something to that little toy or shiny object would take me out of that because it felt good to buy something new. And I think the fourth one, which was a little bit harder to see was work addiction. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize I was hiding behind projects and I was creating too many projects. So I had way too many things to do. So I never really had the space to sit and think of my own things because I was always so busy in all these projects and over helping. So I had a little bit of that saver complex. And when I didn't want to deal with my shit, I'd pick up the phone and call 20 other people that needed help. So those were the primary ones that have been the hardest for me in my life. Best practices. Some of the things that, because I've been witness to the last couple of years of your ascent through the feminine cleanse you're on, the epic food, you radically transformed your life in the last couple of years. And I'm probably 10 years sober right around in there. And so some of the best practice for the folks who are watching about addressing some sobriety things. And I want to throw the first one in, which would be, you can't do this alone. You cannot change a core belief system or story alone. Like there needs to be an accountability system in place, whatever that is, which is why the lone wolves starve to death. We just can't do it. So if it's AA, if it's NA, if it's sex addiction, anonymous, uh, like whatever it is, there are organizations that are out there. This is a pretty good one. But uh, men's groups, find a place of people that are working on the things you need to work on and make sure it's transparent. Put it out there. Go public. That is a form of accountability, going public with it. Make sure it's reciprocal. So you're serving them, they're serving you. It may not be exactly the same, but you find a way to make it collaborative, reciprocal, and transparent. So that would be some of the best practices that I'd encourage all of you to think about when you're launching into locking up with your demons. Hey, we thank you for listening to the Winner Folsom podcast. Just a couple quick notes. First, if you are a man, and you're looking for an honorable and inspiring group of men to hold you accountable and challenge you to grow in your relationships, your fitness, your career, your finances, and your life, go to www.k4men.com. And if you are a veteran, first responder, or man or woman who deals with trauma, and you are looking for some resiliency tools and skills for you, your team, or your organization, go to valorresiliency.com. Hope to see you there. Back to the podcast. Yeah, and, and just some additional ones to add on top of that are one, recognize first, usually we're, Philip and I use the metaphor fighting the dragon, 
And typically this is that dragon. And so recognize instead of fighting the dragon, first take an observer approach and look at how it's actually serving you. And so that'll move you from a place of fighting to compassion because you recognize the things in relation, the porn, these were ways that I was regulating my nervous system. And so I was trying to find a way to self-regulate and I didn't have awareness. So once I was able to be compassionate, like, oh, my body's actually trying to support me. These things are trying to support me, not hurt me. That's the first step for me is compassionate yeah. observation. And then the second step, once you realize that, then you're to Philip's point. So look into that, make a decision, actually go into the dark cave and handle the shit that's been plaguing you instead of hiding from it, build compassionate approach towards it. And then third, as Philip mentioned, find a community that'll hold you accountable to actually say, I'm going to work on this, actively work on this. You have to replace it. So there's, if I'm going to give up this, I'm going to replace it with this. And it may take a little bit of time to find works for you because you may try something that doesn't work. So you got to change it. A lot of it's habitual. So we have these habitual patterns that we get used to. So you're going to have to replace an habitual pattern with another one. So for example, I had a routine in the evening. I would finish a shower. Like it was a routine. I had to sleep on a different side of my bed. Like I had to change my whole routine. And then I do these breathing practices at night that started to replace. And now they've become my full replacement that became more devotion. Instead of trying to get out of the pain and regulating, I turned it into devotional breathwork practices where I was in more devotion. And so you have to find a replacement that meets that at a higher need. So if I was meeting my need to regulate my nervous system from jumping, one, I had to realize I got to remove the stress and create less pressure. I actually have to find new habits so that I can regulate myself to get to this free state. Then three, I have to actually implement it in a way that I'm going to get a result. And that's the hardest part. And that's where you need the accountability. I needed allies. I needed Philip to say, here's what I'm committed to doing. Luckily in K4, we have quarterly grails and we set our grails and hold each other accountable. And then Philip encouraged me to go public, which was really hard. But then I started saying, Hey, I'm going to tell the world, this is what I'm doing. And I'm going to check in regularly. I'm going to do updates every week. So there's a different level of integrity when you have to own, Hey, here's where I missed the mark this week. And one other thing that I would say is at first it felt intensely vulnerable and raw and in like an imposter because I did make some mistakes along the way. But what I found is by continuing to commit to share in the past, I would have made a mistake and blown everything up and said, this doesn't work, screw it and gone all the way back. But because I was committed, I just would own it say, hey, made a mistake. Here's what I learned. I got to reinforce this boundary or hey, Everything else worked, but this one thing didn't work. Here's what I got to reinforce. And then I'm going to recommit next week because I got to be public about it next week. <laughs> I'm still on this goal track. And so I feel like without allies, without public accountability, and without something that's replacing, because if you're fighting, you're going to be fighting forever. You're fighting a part of yourself that it's trying to serve you. So it's like, get out of the way. I'm going to override you every time. But if you go, I see what you're doing. Thank you for helping me up to here, but I got it from here. Now you're just changing a habit. And that habit is just a habit change, which is much easier to change than trying to change a part of your identity that you're fighting. Yeah, 100%. The old Viktor Frankl quote of the line between good and evil runs through the heart of every man and who would willingly kill half their own heart. So there is always going to be that thing, call it a coping mechanism or your inner critic or whatever that piece is. And it's, I always say, get that shit in front of you or next to you at the table. Don't ever try to repress that back into the shadows. Freud has a, one of his theories called uh, hydraulics, which means everything that you just shove down is going to come squirting out somewhere else. Like, oh, 
hello to whatever that new addiction is that you weren't expecting it. So ideally, you want to find a way to intentionally navigate that flow because it's there. And we want to be the alchemists or the authors of our story and make sure that, you know, all that energy that we're putting into hours and energy is resources, it's time. Most people spend literally hours doom scrolling, hours. You know what you can do in an hour? You can start a company. When you add all those hours of all those days and weeks and months, you can start a company. You could train for a bodybuilding competition. (laughs) You can do a lot of things with those hours instead of being on dating apps, right? And porn and all the rest of that shit. Like all of a sudden. What are you speaking about? My story? (laughs) uh, No, I was just riffing, bro. No, I'm laughing because that's exactly what you're calling me out. Exactly (laughs) what happened. I was spending 25% of my time between porn, dating apps, hunting, sex addiction, all this other shit. And I got all that back. And now I'm I'm literally in the best place I've ever been. I'm more productive. I'm more efficient. I'm more connected to source than I've ever been. Like, and I'll say this one thing that's been remarkable. There's a moment. There's actually a moment in the beginning, you can't see it because you just get overrided to go to your old habit. But the more you keep working on it, it's almost slows down. And there's this one moment of the decision to go old habit, new habit. And as you choose that new habit, it's really uncomfortable and painful. But every time you do, this whole other level of power comes. And it's literally like you start to get carried. And it's the difference between, Philip and I talk about, that's when you go from fighting to riding the dragon. And let me tell you, like, it's such a force. It's like, then there's a different thing of like, do I have the, who am I to step into this role? Because now you feel carried and it's just a matter of action. So it's one of the primary ways to heal inadequacy, at least from my own experience of feeling inadequate, going to the old habits and then recreating an inadequacy story. As Philip said at the beginning, we're healing the old story. When you start to do the thing to become better, to become more masterful, to own your power, to own your work, your legacy, your purpose, your body, you get adequate. You feel adequate because you're doing the things. You're not avoiding the things. And instead of shame, you feel empowerment. It's welcome to being the hero of the story. The moment when you claim the decider role of, no, this is the choice that is going to be made. That executive function is basically being an adult. It's like a grown-up move of like, no, yeah, I have the ability to defer gratification because I want actually this bigger thing. That's being an adult. That is a initiation process and addressing sobriety issues, whatever they are, just for the sake of that alone makes it worth it is to claim the sovereignty of your life just for that alone. Now, there happens to be a bunch of other tremendously good shit that comes from that. You really look at the time you spend on social media, look at the money you spend on booze, just do the math, right? You could take a pretty damn good vacation on the money they spend on booze, the calories that you're taking in on booze, add those things up. And then if you're in a relationship right now and you're wondering why you've lacked vitality and you're still jerking off to porn, like it's just exponential, the amount of things that addressing the hemorrhaging of your vitality out into the world through addictions. When you start putting those blocks down, the amount of flourishing that your life has, it's tremendous. And we just wish that for all of you who are watching. And one other piece that I'll add is it's at least, again, this is my personal experience. I'm on this journey. I'm three months into a feminine cleanse and I'm just, so I'm just ahead of you. Anybody that's listening, you start today. I'm just in front of you, right? Philip's been on the sobriety of alcohol for 10 years, which has really inspired me and how he lives and walks that talk. And so I'm on this, this is my sobriety area. And 
But here's what I'm discovering, at least today, is before I wasn't in alignment with my thoughts, words, and actions. I wanted to do it and couldn't. And so at some core level inside of me, there was a lack of integrity. And that lack of integrity was the collapse. It was the primary part of my story that felt inadequate. And so I think just the integration of, hey, I'm able to say something and do it, like just that integrity alone, I think that's the power source. It's like, oh, I can follow my word. I can follow, I get an insight and I'm able to actualize that insight. And that in itself is gold. So thanks for tuning in. If you're listening, the challenge for today is take an inventory. What is currently distracting you or stopping the bleeding? Identify it, track the true cost, time, money, What's it affecting? What's it taking away from? What's the thing you really want in your life? And how's this negatively affecting that? And then find a way to commit to handling this and ideally go find a community, a group. If you're a man, come join us in K4. We have a bunch of sobriety channels and no fat channels and all kinds of support to get you where you need to go. But find a group, find a men's group, find a community, find a sobriety group and start working on that today.